stuff uh, about you uh we're here in uh reading and um you had a dream um to do something really cool really disruptive in the uh, in the education scene um and now you're actually doing it and you're doing really cool stuff and i was told you need to reach out to debbie and talk to her about what god is doing through her and her team at tree of life school in anderson which is a neighboring city here mm-hmm. to reading so first of all thank you so much for doing the show with me oh thank you for inviting me excellent 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 now um uh let's go back to the beginning um you had this dream what was the dream well i think the um the beginning was really back around um 2003 or 2004 when um I became principal at Napa Valley Language Academy. I'd been there for 15 years as a teacher and assistant principal. And then uh, that was the same year that we started getting introduced to Bethel and um, Bill Johnson. And we read his book, When Heaven Invades Earth, and just listened to this cassette tape of him preaching like 25 times and kept rewinding and rewinding and just going, wow, this is different. And uh, I think through that whole process, God started um, showing us that uh, He wanted to be involved in every aspect of our life. And my husband and I had both been public school teachers for many years, and um, you know, always wanted to bring our faith into our work, but never really knew how that was supposed to look. And I think when we started learning more about um, how the presence of the Holy Spirit works and just wants to be alive in us. It like opened up so many new thoughts and ideas for us. So what was what was that first moment when you um, thought, man, it would be it would be cool to start a school? Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> Being, you know, in education for a really long time, I was a principal of a charter school. and uh, But when you're in a district school, you don't really get to do everything you want to do. You know, you still have to abide by lots of district policies and Well, you know, e- sorry to interrupt, but even when you're a pastor, you don't yeah. get to do everything that you <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, I guess but, there's no, nowhere no, on the planet where you get to do everything you want to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry for interrupting. <laughs> no. Go on, go on. So, um so we did start, uh, you know, looking for ways to just bring the presence of the Holy Spirit into our public school and and had um, amazing, you know, people that God brought alongside. I had incredible assistant principals and um, and teachers who knew the Lord and 
you know, we did some crazy things there that I got into trouble for and just kind of learning how to be a Daniel, how to honor the the government while still being a leader and staying faithful to what God was saying to my heart to do. And, um, and I, somewhere along the line, I got, uh, I heard a lot of teaching about the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Mm-hmm. And it really struck me like, um, our school system, how much of it we do from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Wow. Wow. And so much has to do with, you know, following the laws and all the, you know, accountability systems that we have and no child left behind and data collection and, you know, just over and over and over again. And then the way we, we label students, you know, with grades and critiques and punishment, you know, when they mess up. And um, so uh, a a good friend of mine uh, challenged me, I guess, one time and said, what would it look like to do school 100% from the tree of life? And I felt like I just started pressing into that and the Lord started showing me things and revealing to me that things can look different. And... um, at some point, um, we were we were making all these changes at our school, and I was feeling like I know this isn't the only thing I'm ever going to do. I feel like I know there's God's got something else, and um, it was probably you know ten years ago or more that I had the dream of starting a school, Spanish English dual immersion school, here in Shasta County. And being able to um, connect more with the international community that's here at Bethel. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, and to to see what that could look like. That's that, that that's amazing. Um, I would like to actually dive into this idea of of a, a lot. Maybe a lot of education is framed out from this concept of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil versus the tree of life so there were two trees in the garden mm-hmm, exactly. um, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life and what you're saying is that each of these trees have a culture associated uh, with them would you be yeah. willing to kind of dive into that a little bit to kind of show us you, you did that a little bit as far as mm-hmm. like um, the, the labeling of kids and that kind of thing, but mm-hmm. c- could we kind of do a, a maybe a, a deeper dive into kind of two contrasting forms of education between the the tree of life versus um, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? And maybe maybe the best way to do that is 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 just by kind of hitting on the ap- the what you guys are actually doing sure. with this tree of life school, yeah. and then we can kind of circle back around. You can actually tell us how this whole thing got launched and breathed into being <laughs> it's fascinating well um tree of life international charter school is right now it's kinder through sixth grade school and we're going to continue adding a grade each year through eighth grade here in anderson and it's a, a charter school um i guess to hit on how we kind of started was um i just i just started asking god just to show me what what would it look like to do school from the tree of life and what is what is the tree of life and i just started making a list of all the words that god was showing me that were from the tree of life awesome like love and peace and promise and you know connection and relationship and it goes on and on i mean the list is probably three pages long of just things that 
um, he kept showing me destiny and, you know, and all the while I'm thinking, this is what I want to bring to the children who come to the school. Every one of these things on this list, I want them to know this. And then those words became core values. And um, we wrote a mission and vision statement and the core values, um, like the first core value is that every child will know that they're unique wow. and special and that they're loved unconditionally. Wow. And that every child has a unique DNA and their DNA sings a song. And at our school, they will be allowed to sing their song. And that's really like uh, summing up what our first core value is. That's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. And then uh, the, the, the motto of our school is where love is our first language. Where love is our first language. Yeah. And what's, the, what's the mission of the, of the school? So we're a Spanish-English dual immersion school. Okay. And we're, our mission is to partner with parents to um, help children develop their skills and their talents and to their creativity and to learn, you know, who they're meant to be and to do that in a setting where they get to learn about other nations and other languages and other cultures. Amazing, amazing. All right, so you've got this vision. The Lord's speaking to you. It's kind of a dream, but you think this isn't realistic. Um, uh, maybe someday. And then all of a sudden it's like it goes from, as you say in your own words, the back burner to the front burner. And I think this is actually going to be really encouraging for a lot of people that are listening or, or watching mm-hmm. in that um, I think a lot of people are doing what they're doing right now. Uh, they're juggling the balls of life, you know, uh, all their responsibilities, their family, their career, church, you know, ho- maybe a hobby or two. Um, but then there's like this passion project. There's this, right, yes. there's this vision, there's this dream, there's mm-hmm. this business idea. Um, so this was your story. Like, like you, you had, you, you, you were just like anybody else doing all this stuff, but there was this passion project. There was kind of this God dream. Exactly. And then all of a sudden there was this day when the Lord was like, it's time, you know? <laughs> so let's dive in. Let's dive into that. Let's dive into that moment where the Lord was like, no, this really is me yeah. and it's game time. So that's exactly what happened. And I, I, as I carried this dream for, like I said, around 10 years, I would, you know, come and kind of investigate and look into it. I talked to other superintendents. I found out a little bit more about the education setting up here and what would be the opportunities. And I just kept feeling like there's no wind on this. There's no wind on this. It's not, it's not happening. And, but I carried that dream and I couldn't shake it. And, uh, when we moved up here about four years ago, um, I still had that dream, but it, it wasn't looking like it was going to happen. And then, um, we had our, our summer conference, we have a, a ministry through Bethel called Kingdom Educators Network. We have a summer conference. And the night before the conference, I went up for prayer. And these two young prophetic whippersnappers <laughs> they <laughs> prophesied over me. And uh, they said, you have this dream that you've been carrying for a really long time. And you keep asking yourself, is this really from God? Or is this just something you've made up and you're not willing to let go? And God's saying, no, it is his dream. 
and it's been on the back burner, but he's moving it to the front burner. And it's time for you to start sharing your dream with others. Wow. wow. And in a very short time, you're going to have, I don't know if they said in one week or in a short time, you're going to have four partners. Wow. And that's exactly what happened the next day. We started our conference. I had the opportunity there to share this dream. And by the end of those few days, I had four board members come on, that's come incredible. on board to say, we're with you. We want to see this happen. That's called the fast track. Yeah, exactly. That's amazing. Totally. That, that, that's incredible. Yeah. All right. So now fast forward. Um, how long has this, the school been going for? So um, we, we started um, in August of 2017. Okay. So we just started our third year. That's incredible. And uh, yeah, right, right after that happened, then it was like, okay, now we've got to figure out how to actually do this. Yeah, yeah. And how, how, you know, as a charter school, you have to have a school board in a district authorize you and say, we want you in our district or we will allow you to operate within okay. our district. Sure. So it's a major, major hurdle. And um, I just prayed and I said, God, I want, uh, I want to find a superintendent who says, I love the mission and vision of the school. I know it's going to be good for kids and I want it in my district. And that's exactly what happened through this course of events. I met the superintendent there in Anderson and we had about a 10 minute meeting. And at the end of that meeting, he said, I love the mission and vision of the school. Um, my only concern is that you're going to go somewhere else and we're going to miss out. Wow, wow. And we have an empty school building. Would you like to go see it? That's incredible. <laughs> That's incredible. So it was so affirming and I just got goosebumps that this is really going to happen. So here you have a, a mission and a vision that perhaps the school district was actually praying for, even if they weren't mm -hmm. actually praying for, for, for you know, mm -hmm. for you. you, you come and you share with them your mission and your vision. They're like, basically we've been waiting. They give you a school. Yes. <laughs> yes. They gave us a school building and, uh, there's so many miracles that happened around this. It was just like daily miracles. And, you know, one of them was, uh, we didn't have any money for, you start up a school, you don't get any funding until halfway through the school year. Okay. And so how do you pay teachers? How do you do all that? So um, we had about five days once we got authorized to write a grant, a charter school startup grant. And my friends helped me and I drove down to Sacramento and delivered it like five minutes before the due date, the, the minute. And uh, we ended up getting the grant for $375,000. Oh my goodness, come on. So come we were on. able to buy everything we needed um, to start the school. We also, because we had that as collateral, we were able to get a loan to start to have some funds to pay teachers. Wow. And then God just teachers, started. Teachers, they like to be paid. Yeah, they like to be paid. <laughs> we all do. Yeah, yeah that's right. So, um, and then, you know, that was the other miracle that the teachers that God brought on board. Um, we have uh, a couple of teachers. They all have to be bilingual, of course, okay. to teach at Tree of Life because we're a Spanish-English immersion yeah. school. Yeah. So I had um, a couple of teachers who'd been raised in Spanish-speaking families, and I had a teacher from Bolivia, and it was just incredible. We we brought instructional assistants who were from Peru and Ecuador and um, returned missionaries who'd been in Spain and Mexico and and then uh, in the last minute, uh, I lost my first grade teacher. So my husband, who is a retired bilingual teacher, 
came back off the shelf and stepped in to teach Good first grade. Come on, what a guy! At our first year, and and it was just amazing that the team that got put together. That's incredible. Yeah. Now, Deb, three years in, and how many how many kids are in the the school now? So we have almost 200 kids right now. That's incredible. And uh, when we started, another one of the miracles was I was trying to do, um, I was trying to do this budget where I, you know, I'd managed the budget of my charter school, but I'd never worked in the business office. So I really had never set up a budget before. And I was just spending like all morning, I remember just going through all these figures and trying to come up with projections. And I was just like ready to throw in the towel. And I went to a cafe and I was meeting a friend for lunch. And um, this young man came up to me and he said, I feel like the Lord gave me a word for you. <laughs> I'm like, okay, let's hear it. And he said, um, I just saw you like at a chalkboard and you were like feverishly writing on this chalkboard and erasing and it was all these facts and figures and it was like you're doing this giant math problem. And uh, he said, and I feel like it has to do with staffing. And he said, I want, the Lord wants you to know that you don't have to worry about staffing. Hire everyone that you need, and he's going to provide. And so talk about another confirmation. Um, <laughs> what happened was, um, you know, I, we were able to have a company help us do the whole budget to kick it off. And all I needed to do was decide how many students we were going to have that first year not having a clue. We hadn't even announced it to You're the community guessing. yet. You're just taking a shot totally in the dark. Totally taking a shot in the dark. So I, I don't know how I came up with 92 students, but I said, we're going to have 92 students our first year. And so when we took our census, you know, into like the beginning of October, when you do your first part of that census, guess how many students we had? 92? <laughs> yeah. Yes, I got it. I got it. I got it. Yeah. That's incredible. That's so amazing. Yeah, it was like, it has been you from shall, the you beginning. You shall declare a thing and it shall be established. I mean, that, exactly. that, that's powerful. Any any goal that we've set, we've met. Um, it's been incredible because God's brought the right people the last minute. One example, we needed, school's about to start this year and we're, for our upper grade students, they um, they get a third language elective. So we wanted to offer French as one of our electives. And then also instrumental music. We needed a flute teacher. Okay. And then um, we lost our library teacher. Okay. And we needed a librarian. So um, I'm just... If, you know, just ask the Lord. So God, I don't know what you, what are you going to do about this. We need three, you know, three more people to to start off the school year. And I got an application. We have an online application. It popped up, and I was reading it, and it was um, a teacher who was a French teacher, had been born and raised in France, and worked and lived there as a missionary for many years with her husband. She played the flute since she was a child. Wow. Played the flute wow. on her worship wow. team. And um, had taught library science in high school. Come on, come so, <laughs> on, come on. That's incredible. So uh, she's part of our team now. That, that's and incredible. And wearing all those hats. What size staff do you have? So we have um, right around 30 staff. We started out that first year with about 15, and now we have 30 to 35. And how, how, many kids, part -time. how many kids can the school accommodate? Well, um, right now we have... Uh, 
we have two classes at kinder and two classes at first. Okay. And then one class at each grade level, second, third, fourth, and then fifth and sixth. So we're going to be growing in that way up through eighth grade with two classes at each grade level. Wow. So we do need some additional buildings along the way. Um, I've got the plans in mind for a, a sort of a middle school. Now, do you have people wing. coming to you saying, wow, look what you guys are doing. We want to do this too. Like are people coming to you yet looking for the blueprint? We've had some, yes, I've, I've been able to have some visitors and that have come and met with me and, um, from other nations too. Um, and, um, just kind of interested in how do you do a school that's, you know, based on the tree of life. And I think what's really unique about it. And I want, I want to encourage teachers and educators and school leaders that, um, who work in the public school arena, that we are very cautious, you know, we're very careful about obeying the law and not being a religious organization and mm-hmm. not, not teaching religion. But when you catch a hold of that God is supersedes all those things and that we don't have to use religious language, we don't have to quote Bible verses, we don't have to have, you know, group prayer that that is assigned, it happens because we just invite the presence of the Holy Spirit on our campus. That's amazing. I, and I wanna, I wanna chat with you a little bit about this idea. This is a public school, it's not Christian. Correct. Um, but it is kingdom. Correct. <laughs> now that's gonna, that's gonna tweak with some people, that's gonna mess with some people. So help us wrap our minds around this idea of how, of how something can be kingdomized without being Christianized. <laughs> that's a great question. <laughs> so, um, you know, when you when you have a public school and you you take public school funds, you have to. There's certain assurances you have to give, and one of those is that you're not going to teach any religion. And um, and my heart has always been just that every child is loved, no matter where they're from and what their background is, and you know what their faith is, and that they're they're embraced and they're celebrated just for who they are. And we've always um, you know, just invited parents of children who have another faith, like our Jewish parents to come and share about how they celebrate and what does, you know, their family uh, celebrations look like. And I'm sure the Jewish families probably love the name. Yeah, the tree, oh yeah, the tree of it life is, and, it is, it is. And, um, and uh, so being very open, I think, about accepting everyone and saying you're you have freedom to share who you are and uh i think that helps children who who are christians to be able to feel safe to share who they are and teachers don't really have the freedom to you know do a lesson about jesus but kids have all the freedom to say i'm a believer in jesus and tell their friends about jesus and bring their bible to school and you know we had a a beautiful example of that one little girl who um, who started bringing her Bible to school to share it with her her friend in second grade, and uh, her second grade friend, uh, you know, was from a family who didn't go to church and didn't have that background. And uh, you know, I just talked to her one day and I said, "Oh, what are you doing?" She goes. Miss Wallace, I'm reading the Bible. I said, well, what are you, what are you, are you learning? What are you learning from that? And she said, 
I'm learning what God thinks of me. I mean, you can't make that up. That's incredible. And that's no amazing. teacher had to step in and say, this is what you're learning. Yeah, that's it's, amazing. You know, it's just allowing the Holy Spirit to come in. Every child that knows the Lord brings the presence of the Holy Spirit with them. Yeah, and come on. on campus, and they're just radiating. And, you know, we do a thankfulness project here coming up every um, every year in, in November. And... Children have freedom to say, I'm thankful for Jesus. I'm thankful that he died for me. Wow. I'm wow. thankful that I'm going to heaven because, you know, Jesus died on the cross for me. I mean, children have that kind of freedom to share. So there's not like a, re- there's not a religious pressure, but no. there is a religious freedom. Exactly. And that's, that's one of the reasons why, you know, the pilgrims came to America was to find religious freedom. And it's just kind of interesting the amount of religious freedom we've kind of lost in, in the, in the recent years. Right. So, so I think that what you're, what you're modeling is just a, is such a beautiful, I mean, I think that's what the, our founding fathers wanted to see is the kind of structure that you guys are, are, uh, are providing. Now I'm curious, what kind of, what kind of feedback are you getting from, from the parents? So I think that's been interesting because I do, I ask the parents, you know what, um, I do a monthly coffee with the principal. Oh, cool. That's, that's So great. I have a chance to sit down and just ask questions and find, you know, get feedback from them. And um, we were getting ready for like recruitment season to get the word out to new parents. And I said, what do you think is the most important thing that we should share that new parents need to know about our school that are considering coming here? And... I got so much feedback and it was, um, you know, um, the whole learning another language and learning about other nations and cultures. That's so great. We love that. But the most important thing is that, that motto that says where love is our first language Wow! and that it's really real and that we really feel it and that our kids really feel that they're loved too. That's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah, we actually had um, an outside testimony that that was true because uh, at the end of our first year, we had to have an outside evaluator come because we'd got that grant funding. Okay. And had to do like a full analysis of the program, interviewed every staff member, interviewed um, student focus groups, parent focus groups, board members, community focus groups. I mean, it was like a really extensive process, looked at our curriculum, looked at our school climate, did um, this full analysis to see what we were doing well and what we needed to improve on. And, um, and then he had a meeting where anybody could come and hear the results and our board was there and some other, you know, other folks came to, to kind of hear that analysis as well and um, the data review. And uh, he said, well, the most interesting thing to me, and it, this I've done over 200 of these types of evaluations in schools, and I've never heard this come up before, and that was the word love. He said, every wow. focus group wow. that I talked with mentioned love. And whenever I brought up what was the climate of the school or the culture of the school, the answer was love. And he said, the parents said their kids feel loved here. They're, they know their teachers love their kids. The kids said they feel like they're loved. They feel like, you know, they're learning how to love each other. The the staff said they love the kids. And, <laughs> you know, and it was it was just this like outside data review that said that we are making that the main thing the main thing that's incredible yeah that, that that's isn't that isn't that amazing it is i mean I, is, i'm trying yeah. to think about what kind of third party kind of 
organization or institution that you would engage with outside of a church where they would actually make you feel loved you know right. but i mean i wish everybody right. was i wish i could go to the grocery store right and i mean even starbucks they try so hard they yeah. remember your name and they remember your drink yeah but even then you don't really feel loved by your barista you know yeah, you, you know exactly. <laughs> you're like you've just been trained well you know so that and that's one of those things you, i don't think you can really fake it mm-hmm. you know i think sometimes so, sometimes people put on kind of a performance-based love like right. this is you know right. but, but when you have the the community when you have these kids when you have a third-party evaluator come in mm-hmm. and be like i felt love as a true part of this culture that's not something that you can fake that's not something you can perform i mean to have that in your right. culture that's that's incredible right yeah it is a it is like a bold mission statement you yeah know? yeah and uh especially in public education you don't see that as a core value very often. and You should consult with churches. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> right. So well, hopefully well, that's changing. Hey, I wanted to uh, dive into some of the stuff because uh, education is always such, such a relevant topic. I mean, it's such a hot topic, especially when it comes to um, even the political seasons that are coming up. Of course, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the Bush campaign, of course, really... Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, used education as a major part of the, of their of George W's platform, mm-hmm. and that's where the I, the No Child Left Behind kind of came from. You know, mm-hmm. uh, when he was in power, and um, and we're coming into it. I, I don't think Trump, President President Trump, necessarily. I don't think education is a major part of his platform. I, I don't. I don't know. Well, he favors charter schools, and Betsy DeVos is the you know head of schools of education and has a support for charter schools. Okay, so that's actually been helpful then, having President Trump in office as, as far as funding for a charter Not charter so much in California, but <laughs> <laughs> okay. we're in a really a kind of a dark place right now um, in California with attacks on charter schools. And it's really being brought by, you know, by the unions and the um, fear of not having enough funding to pay all the teachers in all the schools. And, you know, it's really, it's fear-based and there's a lot of legislation. Like I just heard a figure over 200 pieces of legislation that are trying to limit charter really? schools. Really, And uh, one big one just passed that um, put some limitations on charter schools and um, which is not all bad. I mean, we need to have accountability to make sure that students are learning and that it's a positive environment. But um, it just feels like there's a lot of attacks on having that freedom. The thing that makes a charter school unique is you, you're able to have your own mission and vision statement. You're able to um, make decisions based on what your mission is for your students. And you're able to use the funding to provide for the students in the way that is going to meet the goals of your charter. So um, districts have are very limited. They have the all the state um, policies and things that they have to abide by, and um, it it just limits freedom. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, but that being said, <laughs> I, I do want to give hope to people. And I think that the biggest way that we do impact education is not through politics. Yeah, sure. That it's through people and relationships. And whether you're a parent or a teacher or 
whatever role you have a student, um, you can impact public education by bringing who you are into that environment awesome. and bringing love into that environment. And it, that's what is really transformational. And that's what transforms classrooms and school culture and, you know, changes lives. Now, I understand there's a lot of legislation going through right now in California in regards to what you're allowed to talk about and what, what you're able to define when it comes to uh, marriage and the role of men and women, that kind of thing. Does that impact uh, charter schools? Do you guys have to be kind of careful when it comes to um, uh, defining marriage and, and defining roles and, that, and, and that, that sort of thing? Or is there freedom to kind of approach that you know, teacher to teacher or, or a philosophy for the school. How, how do you guys kind of handle that? So that's kind of a both end because we are um, required by law to teach all the components of the Healthy Youth Act, which is a new legislation in California that, um, you know, talks about gender education and... Um, you have to go through all 70... All 170 gender classifications. <laughs> I don't think there's 170, how, how but many, there's a lot. How many I are there? I, do, don't, now, do you, I'm, I can't tell you off the okay, top of my right. head, but there are a number. Yeah, sure, more than sure, two for sure. sure. Like like a page full or Lots. two. Yeah. So, um, so we are required at certain grade levels mm-hmm. to um, provide this curriculum or this instruction. Not a specific curriculum, though. So, um, and I think that you know, involving parents in the selection of what curriculum you do use or how you do involve parents in the instruction is a really important piece that um, helps to make, And the state sort of has like a criteria of what has to be satisfied in meeting up with those objectives as far as what that bill required. Is that right? Yes, there's an act, you know, the Healthy Youth Act, and it... It specifies what needs to be taught and at what grade levels in, you know, once in middle school and once in high school. And it's, you know, comprehensive sex ed. I think the the name is interesting. The Healthy Mm -hmm. Youth Act. I mean, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's an interesting name. Yeah. Well, it does involve everything from, you know, diseases and, you know, everything related to um, healthy sexual relations and also relationship. And it's not, you know, and I... I see it like, yes, this is important things for students to be taught, but would, I like to involve families in that as well. Would private schools have to comply with that with that act as well? Like, is it okay? So private schools can kind of yeah, private schools however. don't receive public funding. Yeah, okay, so okay. they're not bound by any of the you know public education laws. Okay, now um, uh, when it comes to there's a lot of new learning methods and a lot of mm-hmm. new kinds of charters, a lot, lot of just interesting things that are taking place right mm-hmm. now when it comes when it comes to education. I understand that the, the one very popular kind of learning method is almost like a, a experience-based learning. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I don't know the official name of this method versus kind of uh, the traditional um, mm-hmm. uh, American way of sitting at your desk and listening to your teacher kind of instruct. And, and so yeah. at, at your school, is, are you guys experiencing experimenting with some new forms of, of education that are more kind of uh, hands-on and, and, you know, problem-solving, that that kind of thing? Yes, I think we are, um, you know, we're kind of, once again, like both and. Okay, We have sure. um, some tra- traditional kinds of things with um, 
uh, classroom learning, but we also take the learning outside of the classroom whenever possible. We have a school garden and we get our kids out there doing science, doing, you know, learning about nutrition. And we are, um, have kind of an inquiry based approach where we want students to ask the questions that they want to learn about. And, um, one of the, one of the focuses of our school is the international curriculum. And this is another thing that, um, back in that time when God was sort of bringing all these new thoughts to us of how to do school differently, he would speak to me in the night and say things and wake me up and I'd be like, wow, what does that mean? How am I supposed to do that? And one of those things was, I heard very clearly, he said, I want you to give the children the keys to the nations. Wow. And that was a something I'm still I'm still thinking about and still, you know, asking God about. But um, we began through that to um, back in my former school to sponsor an orphanage in Goma Congo. And um, so for 10 years, we sponsored this orphanage and we did all kinds of projects and were able to, you know, bring the, through the children doing music concerts, we called them uh, benefit concerts, and we raised money at those concerts, and um, we had different projects each year. Um, we had connections over the years with people who actually went and visited the orphanage, and our French class made, because they speak French, they teach French in Goma, they made French alphabet books. And one of the friends of our school worked for USAID, and she was able to fly those books into the orphanage. Wow, that's awesome. And a couple years later, another friend from Napa went and visited the orphanage through another connection. And the children said, do you want to see our books? And in this one little shelf, there were the French books that our kids had made wow. a couple years before. And they were their, so cool. their only books. And so I think we brought that to Tree of Life. And um, each each year our kids are doing benefit concerts. And we have uh, we focused our first year on an orphanage in Nigeria and our second year on a project in India. And um, we our kids are really the ones taking the lead. Like they're learning. Children are so compassionate. And as soon as they hear about a need, they want to meet it. They, That's awesome. They want to they'll want to do anything they can, and so our kids are learning um, through through these projects, but also by inviting um, international who are here in Reading to come and visit our school and share about their country. So we do International Fridays, okay, where they come and visit, and uh, kids get to ask questions and. They share about what's happening in their country, and that's great. And so, um, get to eat some food from some other countries. Maybe? Yeah, we do an international good. festival <laughs> in the that's spring, good. and uh, and the and kids they excuse are, to eat Chinese food. That's what I would say, right? <laughs> or or Indian, but yeah. So yeah, so we've made a a really awesome connection here with the Indian community in Reading, and they've had us come to their festivals, and our kids will dance or oh, sing, and there's a Japanese festival that just started two years ago, and our kids have been part of that, and I we might even be hosting it this year at our school. So it's making awesome. these connections for our kids. They really feel like they're part of a much bigger global community. Now, when it comes to switching gears here, when it comes to um, homework, 
So yeah. I, I got a thir- okay. I got a third grader and I got a fifth grader, and we yeah. d- we did uh, public school uh, for two years, and we're in private school now, um, and then we're homeschooling our ki- our little kindergartner. Okay. We aren't. Grammy is. Yeah, Grammy does a good awesome. job at that. Grammys are awesome. Yeah. Um, for that. But I know that the school that we're at now, which we love, but there is a there is a lot of of homework, mm-hmm. and I and so what I'm wondering is, um, with your school. Does the school have a philosophy regarding homework, or is that more of uh, up to the teacher, uh, depending on the teacher's philosophy? And what's your own personal philosophy uh, for homework? Do you feel like mm-hmm. you know you, you're at school all day working hard, and when you get home, you should have to work, <laughs> you know, work learn, more. go even deeper once you get home, <laughs> crack the whip, you know? Yeah. So, uh, so, so yeah. yeah. Well, since I tree got of to life, s- what does that look like, and then kind of your own kind of philosophy? Yeah. So since I got to start the school, our school philosophy is my own philosophy. Philosophy. Okay. Okay. So um, we uh, what what research shows about homework is that the only kind of homework that really shows an increase in student achievement or helps students be better learners is um, reading and writing, and um, that's about it. Really? So, yeah. so not even with uh, with arithmetic. No, not unless the, unless the student you know, needs extra practice. But a lot of the things that we um, we send home is a lot of busy work. A lot okay. of the things that kids sure, do sure. is a lot of busy work. And the, um, you know, we we have a, like a school-wide initiative called California Reads. Okay. And so we send books home with our kids every week, and we want them to kind of establish a reading routine at home. So they're going to do something in those hours. Okay. You know, they're probably going to get on the TV or the video games or whatever. Sure. And we encourage parents to establish a reading routine in their home. Sit down with mom and dad, you know, read with them, read to them, have mom and dad read to you. Sure, sure. And then we have a little uh, recording sheet where we have students record something in writing from what they read, like uh, respond to what they read. In kindergarten, maybe they just draw a picture and maybe start to... um, label their picture you know and by the end they're writing a sentence or or two and at each grade level it's a little more complex they might be looking at who are the characters who's your favorite character you know what would be a different ending that you might write if you were the author you know so we're trying to build critical thinking there's going to be some homework Um, yeah yeah there's going to be some work to do at home um yeah there's something there but um but we we don't want to make it excessive. I mean, it's about thirty minutes to forty minutes okay, for okay. the upper grades, sure, and less for the younger grades. And um, if a student is struggling with math, we would work with the parent and say, sure. "Hey, we want you to practice this at home." And if the parent's struggling with math, <laughs> <laughs> we say, "Stay in our after school program, and we'll help the I'm kids." I'm so I'm so thankful for my for my bride Andrea. Um, yeah. I don't know where I'd be. Like I would just never be able to be a single parent. I'd, you know what I'm saying? Oh but, yeah. Uh, no, it is. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. It is tricky. I don't really. One of my teachers sent me. Um, an exam that the student had done, and it was a fourth grader who was a native English speaker who's actually grown up in South Africa, and he is doing his math, fourth grade math, common core fourth grade math, all in Spanish. Yeah. And she said, I'm so proud of him, and look at what he's done, and look at how, and it's this is like really hard math, like like word problems, yeah. you know, all in Spanish, and writing out um, you know, making a diagram and, you know, coming up with solutions and and uh, describing your thinking throughout the whole process. 
And uh, I looked at that today and I was like, that is amazing. I could not answer that question. Yeah. That is too hard for me. Yeah. And that's, that's awesome. That's so cool. They're getting it. So, so yeah. And I think, I think what is really different about our school too, is that we're constantly throwing new things at our kids to learn. We have an amazing world language teacher, Noelle Williams, and she is um, teaching even our kindergartners how to write music. Wow. How to write rhythms, wow. and they wow. play each other's songs on the on the drums, and um, they're learning songs in many languages, and they perform, you know, at our our concerts and um, anything we throw at our kids, they learn it. They're like excited about everything. That's awesome. So, That's great. Yeah, and it all, you know, comes together. And then of course, school has to be a fun place. Where there's lots of celebration. Really? Yeah. Okay. All right. You don't want to come to school if it's not going to be fun. So, yeah. So we build fun into everything. and That's awesome. You know, we, every Friday we have a celebration assembly at the end of the day. And we invite parents to come. And every teacher honors two of their kids who've just really stood out that week for whatever reason. You know, they showed courage or they, you know, made improvement in math or whatever it was that they did. They were very creative or they asked great questions or, you know, celebrating them for whatever. And we always do a a video of the week, like a slideshow. Okay. Because everybody takes photos during the week and then our tech guy puts them all into an amazing slideshow and that's how we end our Fridays. That's great. That's great. To really celebrate. I think celebration is very important. Uh, that would be a very important part of your culture just as far as feeling loved. Yes. Like if you feel celebrated, then most exactly. likely because you don't celebrate people that you don't love. Yeah, exactly. Right. And that's so I so think true. that that's probably a, a, a pretty cool, I, I can see how those two values, celebration and love would really work together. Yes. And also kids when, when they're celebrated, I mean, for a kid to feel honored, mm-hmm. that's such a big deal, you know, cause a lot of times yeah. kids feel dissed or disrespected or dishonored because they're not measuring up yeah and so to be to actually be celebrated at schools that that's a pretty cool that's a pretty cool deal i wanted to ask you you talked about you know um uh, parents involvement is especially important when your kids are in public school and i mm-hmm. actually kind of thought we could kind of hit on this as we kind of uh, uh land here but mm-hmm. um for parents that are listening and their kids are in public school uh what can parents do to, 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 to really partner with their children in order to maybe supplement what's happening at school or to really support what's happening mm-hmm. at school. Uh, how important, I guess, it, it's, it's when it just comes to education, our children's education, public or private, how important is the involvement of parents, uh, both mom and dad, in the development and the cognitive development of our children. <laughs> you know, I think it is so important. And it, it's even as simple, like if you if you work full time and you can never come to school, just asking your kids, you know, about school and being interested and knowing what's happening and reading those newsletters that come home in the backpack, checking the backpack. And we have a like a communication system called Parent Square. And I know we bombard parents with so many messages, but that's how they stay informed and that's how they can ask their kids or or tell them, hey, tomorrow you guys are going to have a, you know, a special visitors coming, you know, the firemen are coming. This is going to be so exciting. So I think all those, that is really important just to know what's going on. And and then I think for parents who, who want to 
um, bring a, a positive influence into a public school, there's like do's and don'ts. And the really, you know, the big don't is, um, you know, don't come in demanding your way. Okay. <laughs> like, right. I, you know, this is happening and I want it to be like this and la 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 and... I'm coming in with my, you know, all my guns loaded, <laughs> and I'm going to be more powerful than you, teacher, and I'm going to let you have it full blast, because that's the that's like the way to like create this huge separation between you and the teacher. Okay, so and parents, just be cool. Be cool. Be cool. And if you want to influence, and you feel like, wow, I'm not Don't really be a jerk. sure. <laughs> Don't be a jerk. I'm not really sure what's going on in the classroom. I'd like to, you know influence for the positive or i feel like my teachers may be too negative with my kid just come in with love that's good come in with what can i do to help support you um when that teacher sends that list of things that she needs in the classroom you know go that extra mile and buy those you know sharpie markers and stuff that she asked for and then deliver them and go is there anything else i can do i just want to I just want to be a help to you. That's good. So don't just be an ally or an advocate for your own child. Exactly. But really be an advocate for the teacher of your child. Yeah. Really, really see the importance of the unity there between the teacher and your child. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. And this is true in like any avenue of life in any way you work, whether it's in business or school or church or anywhere. Is whoever you criticize, you will not be able to influence. Mm. But... Whoever you honor, you have a much greater potential to be able to influence. Yeah, that's really good. And so by by coming in and honor and, you know, knowing that your teacher loves mochas from Starbucks, you know, drop off that special mocha once in a while with a little note. You know, I just want to tell you you're doing a great job. You're going to be able to forge a relationship with that teacher that, you know, who knows? Maybe they don't know that they're valued and Worthy of being loved unconditionally. Absolutely. Maybe they're, you know, bringing their brokenness into the classroom. Wow. Because they haven't been told or shown that they're truly loved and lovable. Wow, that's good. And so, Christian parents. Can and it's have a good excuse influence. just to get your own your, yourself a mocha. Right? Yeah. And right. so, like, hey, I'm gonna get the teacher a mocha. I'm gonna get myself a mocha. The teacher's gonna know they're loved. I, I'm showing a little self love here. Exactly. You know, it's a win. It's a win win. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I just think it's so easy sometimes to make the wrong person the enemy. You mm-hmm. know. Yeah. And sometimes we we take stuff out on on other people, and sometimes it's easy to do that with a teacher or mm-hmm. a police officer. Yeah. <laughs> for know, sure. You know, so a true. pastor. So true. <laughs> <laughs> Deb, I think your story is just so amazing and so inspiring. And I, I hope that people that hear this story, that it just builds faith. You know, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of, of prophecy. Yes. And so to hear this kind of story where you had a dream, it was something that you were like, like Mary held, held these things in her heart, you yeah. know, and you just kind of hid this in your heart. And then one day these kids prophesied over you mm-hmm. and it was like the secrets of your heart were revealed it was like now it was public exactly and they're like now yes. it's now it's time right. would you be willing just to pray just in closing yeah. and would mm-hmm. you be willing just to pray for people where they've been waiting mm-hmm. for the green light and mm-hmm. it's like they felt like they've been sitting at a red light mm-hmm. for a long and they've been waiting for the green light would you be mm-hmm. willing to pray for people that have been holding something in their heart maybe they've never shared it with anybody mm-hmm. and and just kind of release kind of just a prayer of expectation of faith for those listening Yes. Awesome. Thanks, Deb. That'd be great. (laughs) All right. 
Oh, Lord, thank you so much. Thank you, God, that you want to partner with us in our dreams, that you choose to partner with us, Lord. And I thank you for those dreamers out there that are carrying that that mission in their heart that they just want to see happen, God. And um, I just pray that you would move those dreams from that back burner to the front burner and do the thing that you want to do through them. Um, God, I, I thank you that there's a waiting time. I thank you that you are all about everyone and everything, and that if we learn to wait on you, that you're going to put all the pieces together, and it's going to be so much easier when we finally uh, jump in when you say, now's, now's the time to jump. So God, I just um, speak hope over every dreamer who's carrying that. Don't give up on your dreams. And that, uh, God, you have a perfect timing and you want to use us and we get to partner with you to transform lives. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, amen, amen. And everybody watching, go into the show notes because we're gonna put the link for Tree of Life School where you can learn more about what they're doing at this school. So please go and click the link, uh, check it out. Also, make sure that you share this episode on Facebook and Twitter. Let's get, let's tell this story. Let's, sorry, let, let, let's tell this story. Let's get this story out there because um, it's gonna inspire other people just to begin to run um, with uh, with God's desire to see his kingdom come like that was the prayer of Jesus see his kingdom come his will be done on earth as it is in heaven and that that's what you're doing thank you so much Amen. for for creating time in your in your busy schedule to make Amen. this happen this this has been a lot of fun thank you Darren I've had a great time awesome awesome <laughs> awesome podcasts are definitely trending right now. There are so many brand new podcasts that are hitting the market. And I think that iTunes is kind of overwhelmed. And one of the ways that iTunes aggregates what's hip and relevant from the rest of the noise that's hitting the web is through ratings and reviews. A bunch of you have already taken the time to leave a rating and a review of this podcast. And I just wanted to say thanks. You guys are incredible and you're so supportive and I love you. And if you haven't had a chance to take Take that minute or two to leave a review. If you do that, that'd be incredible. And I've created a shortcut to get you there. It's thedarenshow.com. That's thedarenshow.com. You can give it one star, and that means that you think it's kind of lame. Or you can give it five stars, and that means that you think this thing be dope, be tight, be off the chain. So if you would take the minute or two to leave a review, that would be mighty fine of you. Again, it's thedarenshow.com. Thanks, guys.